0: Years ago, I studied overseas in London, and I worked an internship. And on weekends, I would travel. And the first time I traveled, I went to the British Rail office in Piccadilly Circus to get my tickets. And I walked in, and there's a circular table in the middle. And I walked up to the desk, and there are people all over. And I said to the lady, "I have a question." She says, "Queue up, sir." (laughs) I have a question. Cue up, sir. I have a question. I asked my question, got my tickets. I turned around to leave and there was a sign that said, Cue begins here. I'm a New Yorker. How do I know what cue up means? Got some funny looks, got my tickets and got out of there. There are some terms as Christians, we have no idea what they mean. One in particular is waiting on God. Do you know what it means to wait on God? I hope you will when we're done today. We're in Habakkuk. Chapter 1, verse 12. Habakkuk has asked the first question of God. God has responded to the question. You can go and listen to it online if you like, or I can re-preach at your choice. Y'all are sleeping today. Hey, Mia, you ready? Are you guys awake now? We're there. All right, I won't make you all do it. And we get to Habakkuk 1.12. Are you from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them, the Chaldeans, as judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of pure eyes to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. So he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Wow, what are we going to do with this one? Y'all heard that and you're like, wah, 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 wah right? That's tough. It's beautiful. Habakkuk's messed up. Israel is cast in sin. God's not turning them back to him. He says, what are you going to do? Why do you let this go on? Why don't you fix it? And God says, you think it's bad. Wait till you see what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring the worst, most evil, ruthless people the world has known to to take these Israelites into captivity. It's going to get real bad. And Habakkuk says, we talked about faithful wrestling with God. Let's turn it and make it relevant. Anyone here ever go through a situation in life where you have no idea what's going on and how it's going to turn out well? Uh Anybody? Uh Anybody ever have, oh, something like cancer? Anyone ever have financial concerns, relational pressures, things going on in life, and you're like, "Ah!" You ever play the wiffle ball game where you run around the bat, and then you try to run down, and you're kind of going through life like this? Anyone ever live in that way? Too much coffee will do that to you guys. Careful. <laughs> well, well, what do you do when you find yourself in a situation like that? Do you flounder and flail and be miserable? Well, what does Habakkuk do in 1.12? Look at one twelve. I love verse one twelve. I love it. Don't you see it right there? Look at one twelve. I mean, this is like, put this sucker up in the kitchen. But I read it and you just blew right by. You don't see what's so wonderful in 112 yet, do you? Habakkuk, rather than floundering, goes back to what he knows about God. Do you see what he says? Are you not from everlasting? Do you know God is everlasting? He doesn't exist contained in history. He reigns over history. Did you know that? Can I remind you of that again? Do you know that God is everlasting? He's over history. So when you're floundering, God's not reacting. God's orchestrating. Can, can I tell you that again? God is ever let. Go just go home and chew on that. <laughs> I'll preach this sucker in 15 weeks. Then he goes on, "Are you not from everlasting?" Oh Lord, you see the uppercase Lord? You know what that is? You know what L-O-R-D, all capital, means in your Bibles when you see it in English? Uh -uh. Yahweh. Uh -uh. Us Jews, we don't pronounce the word Yahweh in the Hebrew. We call it Adonai. Moses says, God, who should I say sent me? Remember what God said? I am. That's the English of it. I am. Do you know, my name is John. It's a nice name. My mom just gave it to me. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean a whole lot to you. His name, I am. Do you know what that means? Do you, do you, do. You, oh, I'm gonna get excited here. I'm gonna get excited. I need I need to calm down. I need to wait. Pace myself. I need to wait on the Lord. Thank you. Let's wait. That's not waiting on the Lord. Self-existent. Who made God? Nobody. No one made God. He has always been. Chew on that for a minute. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One. God's perfect. Self-existent, over-history, holy, perfect. Now, Now, you see where Habakkuk's going? I don't know what's going on, says Habakkuk, but I know who God is. He is Lord, He's eternal, He is holy. We shall not die. God's faithful to keep His promises. Habakkuk knows the Abrahamic covenant. God will keep His promise. You see what He's doing here? You have ordained. God is sovereign. So when you don't know what's going on and you're floundering through life in uncertainty, step one, go back to what you know. What do you know about God? self-existent. Quit reading this text back to me. God is holy and just and righteous and true and pure and we can go on and on. When you don't know, go back to what you know. Amen? Amen. Then go to one. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. You ever been in a corn maze? You can die in those things. <laughs> but they have platforms. What happens when you go up the platform? You see where you are. You see where you are and you see where you're going and you see how to get. Habakkuk takes the truth about God and he goes up on the platform, if you will, to use that truth to see where he's going. You, you got cancer over here, right? Anybody want that burden? What does Jim do? What do, ah! No. No. You, well, I'm trying to make you look good. When you find yourself doing that, you go back to what you know. Sometimes you say, Well, God, I thought you loved me. Well, does God love him? Please. God, I thought you knew what you were doing. Does he know? Yep. God, I thought I could trust you. Mm-hmm. God, I can't take it. It's too hard. Is it too hard? No. It's hard. But you go back to what you know and you elevate on the perspective and you get a better glimpse of who God is and what he's doing and where you're going. And you can say, this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond. beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are? Get the truth. Get up and take a look. What's next? Oh, this one you don't want to know it. You know what a sentry does on a watchtower? He does his duty where he is. Do your duty where you are. Do what God has called you to now. We talked about this yesterday. Do what God has called you to now as you wait for Him to show you what is to come. You don't know what you're supposed to do six months from now. I got news for you. You don't know what you're going to have to do six minutes from now. Mm. But you know what you do now? You trust in God. God, I don't know if I can handle what you have before me tomorrow. You know what Jesus says? Don't worry about tomorrow. God, I got, I got, I got bills. How am I going to pay my bills? God says, I'll pay your bills. God, I, I got distress and affliction and I don't know how it works. God says, I do know how it works. You, servant, be faithful now. And do you know how you can be a faithful servant now? Because Christ came to serve you then. And he will come to serve you again. Habakkuk is going through floundering, going crazy. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. What do I do? God is going bad. Dude, chill out. Go back to what you know, be elevated by the truth that you know, and what God is doing. Be faithful in what he calls you to now. Look at 2-3. For still the vision awaits its appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, see what it says next? Wait for it, wait patiently, it will surely come, it will not delay. Let's, let's get ugly here. You ever pray for patience? Don't. <laughs> do don't listen to Barb. <laughs> do you know what impatience is? Anybody here impatient? Lord knows I am one of the most impatient people. Anybody else, is it just me? Nope. Me and Mia, pray for us. Impatience, and this is, the, see, you think sermon prep is easy. I got kicked in the teeth and smacked in the face this week. <laughs> by, by, by God, through His word, impatience comes because I want to be omnipotent, and I want what I want when I want it. And when that doesn't happen, I 'm a little better in public, but at home, you get like this, especially when by myself it's not fair. I don't actually do that. That's in my head. Don't get too scared. So, patience is a deliberate act of humility where you trust in the sovereignty of God, and impatience is when you want to be God. I waited patiently for the Lord. He looked to me, He turned to me, and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the miry pit, He set my feet on the rock. Gave me a strong place to stand. My my friends, we have to be patient if we are going to enjoy God as he calls us to. And we're impatient in the flesh because we want to be God. And we flounder because bad news, we're not in control. Good news, we're not in control. He is. Do you really want to be in control? Do, do, can you mess things up pretty good? Yeah. Do you know who has never, ever messed anything up? Do you know who will never, ever, ever mess anything up? And do you know who will care for us perfectly? His name is El Shaddai, El Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, El Roy, or you can simply call him, O Lord. Do, do you see when when, well, waiting on God, ain't about sitting there and floundering. It's about going back to what you know is true. What do you know is true about God? We got more than Habakkuk. You know that? Mm-hmm. Do you know who God is? He has more names than just El Shaddai, El Elohim, El Roy. You can call him Joshua if you like. Or the Greek rendition of the word is Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus means God saves. Chew on that for a minute, Jack. God saves. Has God saved you? Have you trusted in Christ alone for salvation, knowing that that God made you and owns you and you can't live the life he demands of you? That rather than facing condemnation and destruction, Christ took it for you and saved you and reconciled you and drew you to himself? Can you say that? Then you can call God Jesus. You can you can call the holy and righteous one the one who saves, and you can call him friend, and you can wait on God because He will care for you perfectly. Now, stop a minute and slow down because we all live in a world of the wiffle ball runaround, don't we? We all live in the middle of the corn maze and we think we're going to die. Well, we are going to die, but when we die, then we live. Take a minute. Where where are you floundering? Where where are you failing to go back to the truth about God? Where do you think? Listen, where's joy come from? Y'all can answer. It's a real easy question. The answer is God. Where does joy come from? Ah. A relationship with God. Do do you really though? Doesn't joy come from a first class trip to Tahiti? <coughs> Let's go, Rich. Okay. Where 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 do you need approval from? It answers, answers God right. friends are helpful but ultimately God do you know what God says to us through Christ I'm pleased with you I'm pleased with you I love you he calls us a child you want to be accepted do you know where acceptance comes through God you, you want there's a song way back in the day I want to be rich you know that one Kim, Kim's a fan of 80's music We'll do do singing one day, right? Do you want to be rich? You know you want to be rich. Do you want to be rich? I'd rather be Jim. Now listen to me. You'd rather be (laughs) (laughs) Jim? We're made to desire to be rich, but not with what the world offers as riches, in the eternal riches that never perish in Christ Jesus. Listen, guys, the reason we struggle to wait on God is because we don't know what we're doing. We go through life like this. Cue up. Cue up. Wait. Wait on God. Okay. What the heck does that mean? Patty says, I'm struggling. Wait. Wait on God. Am I supposed to? Go back to what you know is true. Take what you know is true and go up in the platform in the corn maze of life and see where it's going. Wait on the Lord faithfully doing what he calls you to now. And patiently rejoice in the fact that he will reveal it to you at the perfect time. Habakkuk was a man who was floundering in life and didn't know what to do and he faithfully wrestled with God and he was able to wait on God because he knew truth, he knew the God of truth and he waited patiently on the Lord. Well, let's be honest, what if it goes bad? What, what if we wait and then God lets us down? What if, what if we, we wait and, and, and it, just, it just goes horrible? And we've seen situations of people live horrible, horrible lives and, and end in torment and turmoil and death. What? Well, I don't want to do that. You know, one day you're gonna meet people who are martyred for their faith. And the odds are you ain't gonna be a martyr, right? But do you think Davica talks about Paul? Do you think Paul is in Jesus' presence going, Dude, that was a waste. I got beaten and smacked and kicked and shipwrecked and destroyed and and I ended up dying for this and man, did I waste my life. Or or do you think Paul maybe learned the secret of contentment and joy? Do you guys listen to this? Chew on this kernel of truth. I got to chew on it too. There is nothing as a child of God that can happen in your life outside the will of God, which is for your good and to grow you more fully into the image of Christ. Joy comes from trusting in God and waiting on God and walking with God. No exceptions, no matter what. So, isn't it easy to talk about someone who's, who's dealing with an affliction on an intellectual level? But when you wake up and you feel horrible and you're dealing with uncertainty, do you know what you do? Wait on God. You can't do anything about it, but he can. And do you say, life stinks, I hate it. Or praise God, what a wonderful opportunity for me to grow in my love and knowledge of God and see how he will work through this. The choice is yours. Wait on God or run ahead and try to figure it out. Habakkuk could have run ahead, but he didn't run ahead. He could have gotten a bad attitude. He could have gotten cynical. He could have ignored God. He would have been saved, can't lose your salvation, or he could trust in God. You know what it says in James 1, 2 through 4? This is one I'd want to cut out. Mm -hmm. Count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds for you know the testing of your faith develops or produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. I love the ending. Lacking nothing. Who's got a, a hard spot in life right now where you don't know how it's going to turn out? If you don't, it's coming or you're lying. Right? Right? Do you wake up in the morning and just say, God, it's too much. I don't want to do it anymore. Or do you say, God, what an awesome opportunity to see you work faithfully and receive the glory for this. Has God ever let you down? No. Has God ever disappointed you? Has God ever failed to keep his word? Do you think he's going to start now? If God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you so you might live, how much more so, now that you are reconciled, will you be saved by his life? We are weak, weak, People who doubt a strong, strong God. And how incredible that we're saved by grace so he doesn't say, you weak, pathetic fool, you shame me. He took that shame upon himself, reconciled us to himself and keeps us to himself as he grows us and glorifies himself through our trusting in him. You know, I was going to preach a different sermon out of this text, (laughs) maybe next week, but 112 just struck me. How often do you forget who God is? I talk about God to me. Some of y'all not here, hopefully. Some people worship God to me. God to me is loving. God to me is so compassionate. He just cuddles up to you and loves you, and no matter what, I love that. But not an angry, holy, and wrathful God. That's an Old Testament God. That listen. God to me hangs out the shed. Yeah, God to me is made out of wood and dung. The God who is? Now, he could be wicked and cruel and harsh, and you know what? Nothing you can do about it. But he is not a harsh taskmaster. He is a gracious and merciful friend. Why do we struggle so to trust in God? Because we are weak, we are self-focused, and we're recovering sin addicts. Put the drug down for a bit, my friends, and feast on the bread of life the bad drink away and drink deeply of the living water some trust in horses and chariots and as Christians we could say and we do too sometimes that we know we shouldn't but we trust in the name of the Lord our God so take some time this week where in your life yeah, I, I, I'll be honest one, one thing I hate about preaching God's word I hate this is every week he's showing me something practically in my life that takes me to like Saturday to get and I feel like such a fool. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on obedience today. Don't try to control what you can't control. God's in control of everything. Trust him where you are. Rest in the truth of where he is and have the joy set before you in Christ Jesus. I don't like the news of Dee Dee. I'd prefer Didi was happy and healthy and prosperous in every way and loved Jesus more than anybody I knew. I can't do anything for Dee. I can't help her. I can't fix her. I can't change her. But, but I, I misspoke. There is something I can do for Dee. I can tell my daddy about Dee. I can ask my daddy if he might delight in helping Dee, And I can rejoice that my daddy can And in my own life, there are situations where God has entrusted thorns in the flesh to me, as I know he has to you. And I can say, God, it's just really hard being me. And then I say, God, that's really a pathetic statement because I got a pretty good racket going. I shouldn't use the word racket, especially as a pastor. It's not a racket. I got a pretty good deal going, but I sure can complain, and it's hard to be me sometimes. But then I can understand everything about me is because God's entrusted it to me for his glory and my good. I don't want to be who I am now forever. I want to be more like Jesus. But my friends, life is hard, but it ain't too hard. Life is scary, but only when you fail to walk in the light and look to the author and perfecter of our faith. And life is hard when you don't know what it means to wait on God because a whole lot of life is waiting on God. Waiting on God is go to the truth you know, be elevated by the truth for perspective, be faithful in the immediacy, and be patient as you wait on God. I never saw that before in Habakkuk, did you? Mm -hmm. That's just awesome. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. What he means is God is going to bring salvation through the Israelites and make them more numerous in the sands of the sea. We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them, the Chaldeans, as judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for a proof. God, I'm freaking out. Going back to what I know. Then he throws his question. We'll get to that next week. He goes on his tower, he's got the perspective, he's waiting, he knows the answer will come at the appointed time. But it says up there in 2.2, the Lord answered me, write this vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Last point, your life ain't about you. You know what your life is all about? He. Your life ain't about you. Your life is about God being glorified. So the trial he entrusts to you isn't to destroy you. It is to mature you. But even more so, it is so people might see how he worked in you for his glory. And you get to go and tell people who God is, what he's doing, and what he will do one day. How awesome that that, that we have a sister who can go and tell her sister... In this affliction, who God is, what he is doing, what he can do, and what he will do. She can tell Deedee, God promises he'll heal you. Do you know that's the truth? He will heal you spiritually and physically. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. You might have to die in in this temporal world for the physical healing. But he promises to heal you guys, we serve a mighty and holy and incredible God. And if you think the problem, remember the, I said last thing, I'll tie it here. Give me a break. Remember the paralyzed guy laying on the mat? Mm-hmm. Jesus showed up. Remember what he said to him? First thing he said to him? Your sins are forgiven. I'd be like, dude, that's great. I can't walk. I'm laying there paralyzed. Your sins are forgiven. And whoop-de-doo. I'm laying on a mat. What do we all want? We want the legs, right? We want the legs. Why? Perspective. Now, you remember how the story ended? Your sins are forgiven. All right, dudes, which is harder to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? The hypocrite's said, like, get up, walk. He didn't say it like that. He said, get up, walk. Now I'm walking and my sins are forgiven. You see that? Do you think the bills you're facing or the relational trials that you're struggling through or the afflictions that you're handling are really that hard for Jesus to solve? I, mean, I, love, I love the fact that my Savior can remove any of these, these things at any time he wants. And if he doesn't, we can rejoice in it. Because he has accomplished a far greater work in our lives by forgiving us from sin. And if he so desires he can remove the thorn and if he leaves the thorn or the affliction or the trial or we simply don't know, what a great opportunity to sit back and wait on God and see how he will be glorified and how he will use this for your good. Trust God. Wait on God. See God at work. Proclaim what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Let's pray. Father God, we just come and confess we are impatient. We have a hard time waiting, especially in this age of immediate gratification. We'd like the Amazon Prime version of prayer two days or less your prayers are answered but God you are perfect in all your ways help us Lord to trust in you as we wait on you help us to remember that at times waiting on you is a massive act of worship and adoration but we don't wait kind of sort of hoping you might do something for us we wait with certainty that you will care for us perfectly Lord, I remember a time when I was four going to preschool, banging the locks down on the door so they couldn't get me out of the car and my mom telling them to take me. Lord, sometimes I think we live like that as adults. We're trying to control everything and stop everything and tell our grown-up parent that we know better than you. Turned out preschool was pretty fun. Lord, you are far better parent than any earthly parent. Help us trust you in the trials, as we walk into the trials, as we can't seem to get out of the trials. Never believing the lies the devil might speak to us. Never believing the lies and errors that might creep into our mind. Never saying, God, I thought you loved me. God, where are you? God, I can't possibly do this. But rather, Holy Spirit, please speak words of truth into our life. And Lord Jesus, you pray for us and remind us that we are sanctified by this word, your word, God, which is truth. Father, sanctify us by your word. We know we can pray that as your will because you tell us your will is our sanctification, our maturing in our faith. And Lord, help us understand that every trial we walk into is really not about us. It's about you being glorified. And how incredible, God, that you who are God alone, who will receive all the glory, invite us to serve you and glorify you because it is in that service that our joy is complete. Lord, help us. Convict us of sin and weakness. Remind us of truth. And empower us to walk in your truth for your glory, knowing the joy set before us in Christ Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord Jesus, in your holy and precious and righteous name we pray. Amen.